Today's Hope FM Breakfast Show is brought to you by Ace Office. For business supplies and office furnishing, visit ace-office.co.uk. Well, of course, in the news, you'll know that it's full of what is happening. Of course, the war continuing in Ukraine and perhaps more worryingly, the fact that 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 bills, the cost of living is sky high, 10 percent at the moment and rising to 8 uh, percent as predicted by uh, by some of the newspapers today. Now, we already have many challenges connected with mental health in this country. So you can imagine how all of this stuff on our national news is actually adding to those challenges. Now, two men who know very much uh, about pressures in life have started a new charity. That charity is called Rejuvenate. Uh, the charity is being supported by the Co-op Community Fund, as indeed is, is Hope FM. So I'm delighted to welcome Damien and Alex uh, to the studio uh, this morning. Their charity is called Rejuvenate. But before we get to the creation of the charity, tell us a wee bit about the journey that led, because you both, in different ways, had very different experiences with, with, with your mental health and so on. So where did it, where did it all begin? Damien, start with you. Well, I think generally for myself, um, I think I had a problem from birth. So, uh, and, and obviously didn't realise that. You know, I was always very different to people at school and, and generally all the way through life. I had my own way. Uh, it was my way or the highway and was very competitive and always uh, but I didn't f- inside I didn't really feel what it looked like on the outside so were, was, were you trying to prove yourself always yeah uh, and, and you know yeah trying to be something maybe I wasn't I don't really know but I, I, there was definitely some sort of hole inside me that I think we're born with and we don't know it um, so as a youth you know as a, as a child you treat it with being the best at things whether that be you know violence um, all kinds of uh, things being more of an extrovert so, so yeah. n- some of it positive some of it negative absolutely so I mean I, I led a gang and I was also in Grain Chill the TV programme so I, and lived on a very rough estate in South East London so um, it was kind of like a, my life has always been a roller coaster and uh, yeah so turning to you Alex very different in Romania where you hail from yeah well it, it was different because uh, over there like uh, Damon said he lived in South East London <laughs> I lived in north of Romania which is quite of the ghetto of Romania and Romania being the ghetto of uh, southeastern Europe, so I was living in the ghetto of the ghetto. So yeah, that was a bit different now, though. Isn't <coughs> it? Yeah. yeah, it was different. It, things changed now, and yeah, uh, obviously, loads of uh, the drugs came from Turkey and everything. That's how it comes. And Romania was uh, basically it was the place where all the ships came and it was the direction for the Western uh, Europe, you know. And uh, drugs were very, very cheap back then, and it is cheap right, right now because <laughs> when this course nothing really changed, you know, it's the same, uh, it's the same path, you know, for drugs to come into Europe. And uh, as a child, you know, if uh, you felt like uh, you need to belong in poor gang you need to belong to something you know and at the, the beginning as we said it we, we just smoke on Fridays you know but apparently the Fridays came every day every day was a Friday you know <laughs> and <clears throat> the yeah. thing is we always said well I'm not uh, an addict you know because if I don't want to smoke weed or do that or do that I can quit but I don't want to do that because I love it you know well that's addiction <laughs> we found out later and uh, yeah it was a uh, 
it was harder for us over there uh, because uh, we needed something to uh, how to put it um, to disconnect from uh, the problems that were back home you know with parents it was after communism and uh, loads of uh, people lost their jobs because capitalism came and uh, we understood capitalism wrong you know so basically every factory that belonged to the government everything that belonged to government was sold and it wasn't sold for people to develop the companies the factories and everything it was just sold to be sold by uh, you know for uh, i don't know for nothing basically you know everything was going to be bankrupt all the companies were bankrupt and they just got the money you know for the for the what's it called for the land that's what they did and lots of people ch- lost their jobs and um, so the economy took a dip uh, oh yes it did and the thing is um, all the problems that the parents had you know went to the children because children were upset because their parents their parents were upset parents uh, struggled with alcohol alcoholism so yeah that's my story. So, so a vicious, a vicious circle, and of course the the drugs and the 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 alcohol also was the route that you took, Damien. Yeah, I mean, what it was is that uh, I think drugs and alcohol became a solution to a problem that I already had. So a lot of people. So at the end of my journey, when I was suicidal, you know, the first thing you always blame is the drink and drugs. And it's only since my but it's a deeper pen and deeper stuff going absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. So you you know you get a three way addiction. So you you know mentally, physically, and spiritually very very sick. But you are sick even though you're doing all these nasty horrible things. Um, it is actually a disease that we we have that we we didn't know. Now of course mental health for, for many years has had this taboo thing hasn't it which i think we're beginning to move away from partly because people like your good selves are actually talking more about the journey it's 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 a challenge anyway to talk about mental health they do say that at least one in four people are affected at some point in their life by mental disorder and so on is it a particular problem for men is it more of a problem for men to share i think it is in general um we're much more um proud so I think women are, are naturally, you know, like to share things. They might, uh, but they only share the surface. And a woman, in, in general, women are stronger. So, uh, and that's the truth. So men hide everything and it ends up probably going towards addiction or unfaithfulness or anything else to get their mind off really what's going on inside their mind, which then leads to more bigger consequences. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, I don't open up too much. Now, obviously, you, you, you've, been, you've both been to dark, dark places, whether it be in Romania or here in, in, in the UK. You're both uh, very different today. You, you both made a break with, with what was happening, that circle, if you like, that was pulling you down of, of both the past hurts and, of course, the, the drugs and drink, covering up the pain and so on. How did you both break that circle and, 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 and tell us what led to the creation of your new charity Rejuvenate yeah well let's have, uh, I had to believe in someone stronger than uh, more powerful on this earth than anything else you know if my mum or my dad or my sister or my children or my wife could have uh, stopped me they would have and they begged me to stop but they couldn't and so, that's, that's a hard thing, isn't it? Because the families and those who are close to us love us, but of course they're powerless in a way because you know they 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 can see what's happening, but but they don't know what to do. There was no human power on this earth that could have stopped me, and unfortunately that is the case. So I had to put all my faith in something else, and that was God. 
uh, God of my understanding, a higher power. Um, and, uh, and that took a long time. It wasn't something that came overnight. You know, I was tried to commit suicide a couple of times and for some reason I didn't go. And I think that might be partly the reason I'm sitting here because people listening, if you're struggling, of course, please reach out to us because we, we can identify and help you. But uh, primarily uh, my day consists now of getting up, praying, meditation and helping another person during the day. And, and was that the same for you, Alex? Well, yeah, it was the same. The thing is, uh, I resemble a lot with my father. He's very ambitious, and uh, after 50 years of smoking, he quit smoking like that, you know? And that's how I quit uh, drugs. Uh, going to church, mainly, you know, uh, attending service. But the problem was with me that when I stopped taking drugs, the withdrawal came, and the withdrawal is worse than when you take drugs. And I was there in the church, you know, attending service, and I was looking everywhere for places where I can uh, hang myself. And only bad dreams, not dreams, bad thoughts I had, you know, regarding suicidal and everything, you know. But I passed it with prayers, you know, and belief in I really believe in God. I really believe he's my friend and he takes care of me. That's how I see it. I see it like a big brother that really helps me and he understands me and he's doing everything possible, you know, for me to, to be well. And thank God it's been nine years since I'm uh, sober. Well, of course, that's uh, Forever Autumn there. Great song. Of course, Autumn, as, as Damien said there, introducing the song, is very much descending upon us. And of course, weather does affect our, our mood, doesn't it? And, and if you're not in a good place, you know, the, the, the sort of as we move into the dark days and so on, it does have a, a really negative effect on, uh, on all of us. Now, you both sort of mapped out how you were struggling with mental health uh, issues for different reasons and that led you to cover up the pain with drugs and and, and alcohol what was it that helped you uh, i mean you've already said that it was that it was faith in god and a higher power although i know that for both of you that's very much in terms of uh, of church and 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 worship and and jesus and god and so on um uh, within aa of course you refer to the, the the higher part what else helped you during those challenging times to break the circle well uh, for me and um, it was a it was actually my sister so um, I was suicidal, took uh, uh, hostage, uh, basically my, my poor mum, who's, who's quite as a pensioner, and, and her husband, and I'd just gone and camped out in their little bungalow in a room, and I, I wouldn't come out the house, out the door, and sit in there sweating buckets. And in the end, my sister came, and, uh, uh, and after some tears, and, and I still didn't believe, uh, I came to Bournemouth and went to a rehab here. And um, during that 28 days, uh, of course, I had a detox, if you want to call it that, uh, and I woke up. And then when I woke up, I got introduced into the rooms of the different fellowships, AA, CA, DAA, NA. And, uh, and I started to, to, to jump on board straight away when I could see there's a solution to the problem that I had from the alcohol and drugs. But that wouldn't cure my mental health. No, because the problem, because I guess that the drugs is just a way of dulling the pain. The problem, as you as you both said, was still there. And I guess, Alex, it was, it was the same for you. Yes, it was. Yeah. 
And was it was it harder to draw down support because at least here in the UK we're we're we're, 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 we have a mental, you know, we have a national health service, which of course is is overwhelmed. We we, we, we know that, but of course in Romania you, you didn't have that service, did you? Well, uh, we do have a national health service, you know, which is free. But the thing is, what we are missing is the logistic, and we are missing uh, the institutes. We don't have mental institutes that are covering uh, this kind of expenses we don't have rehabs we don't have this kind of things we didn't have back then you know so basically if you wanted to go on a rehab you had to pay it was a private one which you got to keep in mind that in Romania back then the the minimum wage was like 150 pounds and they were asking for thousands so there was no chance so it was inaccessible oh yeah, yeah for sure for sure and not only for me for loads of people because people who are confronting with this issue with alcoholism and drug addiction Believe me, it's not the rich people, it's the ones who are quite poor. And um, yeah, I had the problem, you know, because uh, I tried to, uh, I try, I did the quit drugs, you know, and the withdrawal came. And uh, I was very angry day by day, like Damon was, you know, he was sitting in his room, but I wasn't like that, I was becoming a prick. And I started uh, destroying my living room and things like that. I wasn't. So you were uh, quite violent then. Uh, yeah, but not with my pe- not with people. It was just with the me. Things. With all things. Struggle with me. yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, broke my fingers and everything. You know, by punching the walls and things like that. And that's when I, they, uh, my family didn't know I have a, a drug uh, addiction and. Abuse. I was. They didn't know I was abusing drugs, you know. And at that point, I was starting to. And it was my birthday. <laughs> Basically, it was my birthday when I I snapped and I destroyed the living room and destroyed everything. My nieces were over there and they saw what I did, you know. And they couldn't really believe what was happening. I started crying and I said, "I need help. I need help. I need help." And they were like, "What kind of help? What's happening?" And I told them. I I used to abuse drugs and I quit drugs a month ago and since I quit drugs, this is what's happening. I can't uh, live with myself. All these bad thoughts, trying to commit suicide and seeing myself in coffins and trees and everywhere. When I see a blade, uh, trying to put it in, and it's very very bad thoughts. I never believe that this kind of thoughts can. I don't know, can can dominate happen. your life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was a, it was a very big fight that I had, you know, and I was taken to that mental institute by my uh, by my father. On my birthday, my mom uh, later that night came from work with a birthday cake, and she was surprised because the surprise was that I wasn't there. I was in the mental institute. So, joke on her, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. And I spent over there Christmas, my birthday, Christmas, New Year's Eve with uh, people with, yeah, schizophrenia, nevrotics and things like that. And I had to, uh, basically, I had to confront other issues that I already had. You know, I was always afraid of for my life. So basically, a few days ago, I was trying to commit suicide, and now I was trying to keep my life, because I saw... What it was kind a of scary environment. It was yeah. a scary environment, so yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so out of the frying pan into the fire in some ways. Yeah. Now, the good news of, of having you both here in the studio today is that you're well beyond... That not not that you're complacent about your mental health. We never can be, can we? We've we've got to look at, at at keeping good health and good mental health. But you you wanted to do something about it because clearly you saw this 
a tsunami of need around us, which of course, sadly, we know is increasing. So this led to the creation of Rejuvenate. What was your vision in starting the charity? Well, it was simply to save lives. Uh, to be brutally honest, Blair, I mean, my own experience tells me that it's very, very hard to get help. The long waiting times and the high costs associated to mental health in itself. Let aside when you're ready to admit it and then you're sitting in a queue for a year and a half. I needed help. And of course, that literally did happen for you because you were telling me you sent an email to, to, for help to, to a charity. Of course, Fairlow came along, the charities pretty much ceased to operate and you did actually get a reply but it was quite some time later wasn't that's it? right so so i applied I, I was ringing and and there was no answers i was sending mails to multiple uh charities and uh, and nothing was happening and um and and doctors and counselors as well were even uh, not working um and of course charged anywhere between 50 and 100 pounds per hour at least and I was all out of ideas. I'd already paid that. On my journey of seven years, I've been to psychiatrists and counsellors, and I was all out of money and ideas, And uh, as I mentioned. So back against the wall, uh, the pandemic in full flight. Yeah, and I'd started to recover myself uh, through the, the rooms of the fellowships, the AAs and DAAs, and I was starting to see a light. So initially, I was sharing my experiences in the rooms and, and all that, I said, we need a phone line, at least for some people. So that's what we did. We just created a, a phone line, really, and a, and a small blog. And before you know it, it was ringing off the wall. So we became a 24-hour, 365-day-a-year service and have saved many, many lives in the area here of, of Paul Dorset in general. Um, and that was our scope, really. And it was made by pure volunteers. Um, and uh, we did some really good events uh, to, to, to bring people together, went out cutting people's hair in the depths of Dorset after the, they hadn't seen anyone for nine months, these kind of things. Um, did you have lots of people come forward to help you, you know, as volunteers? Quite a few, because it was, it was a furlough time. Okay, so, so people needed something to do. Yeah, yep. uh, and they could identify with the challenge. So it was a really uh, great, a great way to go. Um, What's worrying me at the moment, though, is that those people are not around anymore and the mental health pandemic is going even higher. Uh, so Rejuvenate was created. How, how did you both meet? I actually met Alex. I mean, I uh, had Rejuvenate was in action for about a year and a, and a bit when uh, I met Alex. And I met Alex because I was uh, obviously I needed a salary and I was a driver for Hermes. Uh, and so was Alex and then we were just talking one day having a cup of tea and a bacon sandwich and uh, boom we started d discussing things and Alex said how can I help and that was that so he came on board as a volunteer and has been ever since Now you you both are the driving force behind uh, Re Rejuvenate and you've just said of course that, that whilst you had uh, a lot of people to help now of course people are back at work uh, and uh, so th there's a challenge of recruiting people how, how have you been going about that? Yeah, as I said, so, I mean, volunteer-wise, we, we do uh, get a lot of volunteers. Counselling-wise has been a nightmare because uh, they're very expensive. And, of course, um, funding is a lot lower. So I've gone, put myself through all the counselling fundamentals and NVQs and diplomas. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fully-fledged counsellor and psychotherapist now. Alex is doing the same so that we can actually be hands-on as, as well. To, uh, and do that 
take people in and, and give them the, the help they need, really. Now, obviously, because both of you couldn't access those services for, for different reasons, and, of course, that, as you quite rightly say, is getting worse by, by the minute, um, then you, you've, you've got that ongoing challenge of, of the right sort of manpower, the skill. But, of course, neither of you are receiving salary from the charity, so you're having to tent make, I think the Bible calls it, you know, where you're, you're, you're getting your funding from elsewhere in order to deliver help and support at the sharp end, which of course is what charitable work really is very much all about, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, so how's that been going? Well, it's a, it's a tough time. I mean, we, as you mentioned, we've got people like Co-op, you know, they see that we're, a, we're an into action charity, you know, that they, they refer people to us. We take the calls immediately and we get people into treatment and action. That you can't beat. You don't wait 13, 14 months. You get referred. I mean, we receive referrals from the bigger charities. Mm. So they really mop up all the funding and then give it out to people like us who are volunteers. And that's kind of how it works. Did they give you any of that funding? No. But that, there's something quite wrong with that, though, isn't it? That, that if, if you're delivering the support, yeah. but you're not actually getting the... Because obviously both of your time and the time of those who work with you uh, needs covering in some way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But um, as I said, I mean, we do it for the, for the will and the, and the grace of, of, of charity. So, so for nothing. I don't, you know, I don't expect anything more than to feel good about helping another person. And how have you been coping? Because you have had a lot of people coming your way, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Um, and, uh, and as I said, we've been going through mm -hmm. uh, even getting more qualified personally um, and, and spending less time mm -hmm. making money at work and trying to you know, pay the bills and everything else as we know there's a rise in. Now, if somebody's listening to us right now and they're either you know, a, a, a mom and dad, you know, a sister you talked about, watching somebody suffer, or if there's somebody... Who, even as we speak, that, that, that they're really struggling themselves for all sorts of reasons. How can they reach out to you guys? I would say, first instance, I mean, we, we, we have a, a national 24-hour, 365 telephone line. Uh, but sometimes that's the hardest place for people to call first. We get a lot of calls, don't get me wrong, but they are mostly from family members. But if you've got a, a loved one, tell them to go in and write to me. And the email address for that, it, it, it's how it best works, is hello. H E L L O at R J V N number eight dot co dot UK. So I'll just give you that again. So it's hello, that's easy to remember. Hello at R J V N Rejuvenate. It's a shortened yeah. version of Rejuvenate. R J V N, the letter at and the number eight dot co dot. UK. Yes. So that's the place to start. Now, the other interesting thing you were telling me about is that you actually have a facility of a blog where people can go and, and actually uh, share how they're feeling at that particular moment. How do they get to that blog? That's the dailymentalhealthblog.co.uk. So that's dailymentalhealthblog.co.uk. If people listening wanted to say, you know, what I'm hearing this morning is something that needs support, and I, and I know that many co-op members have been supporting you and the co-op itself because you're one of the of the charities that the co-op support under the banner of their community scheme, and it, it, it's interesting also that even the co-op have referred people. Uh, to you uh, as well but if, if people are listening and they have resources that they say you know what I wouldn't mind donating uh, getting behind you guys how do they do that well simply just go on our website 
www.rjvn8.co.uk. Um, we don't have a donate now button on the website currently. Um, we can get one. But if you are interested, please just send us a message. I know it's uh, probably a little bit out of your way and that's something we're working on. But unfortunately, my time is more tied up in taking care of uh, the counselling than, than in trying to beef up the website but it's certainly a very good website it's just we don't have a donate now button on it yeah and, I, and as you said I, I suppose that the uh, you know when you're trying to keep the wheels running it's, 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 it's a problem that every small charity has isn't it that even just to apply for funding does need a, a certain amount of skill uh, yeah definitely skill. <laughs> so, but i think anybody listening to you this morning would have heard and obviously we can talk further about how we can use the radio uh, maybe as a way to support people uh, as well we, we, we'll, we'll be talking about that well uh, thank you both uh, to, to damien and and to alex there and uh, just a, a reminder that if you want to to contact then let me give you that address again so it's hello at rjvn and then the number uk. and that applies whether you're someone who is suffering with mental health that the, these are two guys who are there who who are able to help and deliver some support uh, and uh, so give give them a shout that is a great starting point we are going to be talking to them about how we might be able to partner together to to help to deliver that support because one of the biggest challenges is there is a tsunami of need in all sorts of people out there and maybe you are one of those people who are who's with that need and we understand that actually that the, the help is needed and it's needed now as opposed to you know in 12 months time and that's another big challenge so we are going to be talking together about a way forward hope fm a voice for the community